Hey, we're the Fantasy Joes. I am at Rotor Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening, as always, from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood! Oh, it is just, it is just dripping with enthusiasm for tonight's show. I cannot wait oh, we're just to dripping. get started, Ryan. Dripping Speaking of, of dripping with things and dripping with upside, Ryan, one guy I'm terrified about, and what brought this up is I've done a couple best ball you know, like the five dollar leagues you can do on a whatever's connected to league league safe now. You know, like the whole platform. Fanball, uh, is that right? Fanball, yeah, fanball. Yeah, uh, is how high just just how high uh, the the running backs are going between Raheem Mostert and then oh shoot, I had the name ready. I think it's the five one. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake terrifies me, Ryan, as an early round pick and redraft, and so does. I mean, Raheem Mostert, I think, in, like, the, the fifth, sixth round is a totally uh, – and we talked about that with projections last time. But historically, running backs that have done what they've done have not repeated going into the next season. And so I am scared. I'm scared of one year – these one-year, late-year late, late year runners. And, like, Mostert had some good, like, decent playoff games. And so did Tevin Coleman. But I uh, I can't buy in in Dynasty to, to paying for these guys. And so Kenny Drake and Armach went at the 501 – which I think is totally fine. Because if you get one year of RB1 production out of the 501, Ryan, that's a win for your team if you're competing for that season. Or even midseason, you know, you move him for like a first-round pick because somebody had a running back go down and he's performing very well. I think his that has the ability to accrue like just a touch of value, but not a ton. So I don't I don't mind it. But Kenny Drake was going – he's going at the 201, 202, maybe 203 at the latest in these, these best ball startups. And they're single quarterback. So that would be driven down a little bit by, by Superflex. And I basically, Ryan, I will in redraft league this year, I will have zero Kenyon Drake. You know, I think the narrative is, is get is getting put out there. Well, when you look at redraft leagues that it's it, the, you know, it's all about the RBs again, and you need to pound RB the first couple of rounds, even guys that are you know, somewhat questionable like Kenyon Drake, because the wide receiver position is so deep that if you don't get a couple of running backs early, you're going to be hurting. And, I don't completely disagree with that, but I, but I do think that, you know, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think there's a world where Drake could have a good year, but, but I'm with you. I mean, I don't feel real great. If it, so you're talking about like early second rounds um, taking Drake Super or even early. like late first, or even late first. Yeah. Round. Like, yeah we're I, like, I mean, we're talking like top, top 15 picks. Yeah. So, so yeah. Cause if I start off and I haven't looked at redraft ADP for a while, but um, I don't know, like, where does like a guy like Nick Chubb go? It's right around that range. Okay, so let's say I'm on the turn, and I grab Nick Chubb, who who I like, but there are some concerns, especially with Kareem Hunt there. And then I grab grab Drake. You know, if I start with Chubb and Drake, I'm not feeling great about my my start. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, if, I, like, if like, I wait, like, if I wait, what running backs are gonna be there later? Yeah, the the thing is though is if all the running backs are gone that I like, like like Josh Jacobs, even Miles Sanders, I would easily take over Drake. I think uh, at least positional safety. And, and what he has there is, is a lot higher than Drake. He's under a one-year deal. And I, it's still, Ryan, on performance-wise, I'm not so sure that Kenyon Drake is better overall than a guy like Chase Edmonds, the guys behind him. Chase Edmonds got hurt last year and missed a bunch of games. And then was behind uh, David Johnson. And then the second game that he was starting. So the first game that, that Chase Edmonds really got his start on and played over 50% of snaps, he, it was in week seven. He played 94% of the snaps, had 27 carries for 126 yards and three touchdowns. 
granted, it was against the Giants, but a healthy Chase Edmonds, if Kenyon Drake, who has never been a bell cow uh, in his, his entire career, if he gets banged up and Chase Edmonds is there, uh, I, I think I want Chase Edmonds at his, his price. And I'm start, I'm, I've been starting to go out and search and shop and try to, try to acquire some, some cheap Chase Edmonds shares while this Kenyon Drake hype, especially as we come into redraft season, is through the roof. Yeah, Chase Edmonds is a guy that I, I wish you look where he went. And because we're going to talk about, we're going to continue our conversation on our uh, Superflex uh, Dynasty mock draft here in a little bit. I, I, he might even still be on the board. I'm not, not, I, no, I, think I, think, I believe he's gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. But if he's here. not, we're like, we're pretty late. So, yeah. Like, I so, would take Chase Edmonds over, over Tevin Coleman, whoever the starter is in Arizona you want. So, if there's, if, if you, he, he has a pretty clear path to touches as far as Kenyon Drake either underperforming or not, or, you know, getting banged up as never being a full-time starter. So to me, he has at least a clear path that I can see to starting. Yeah. And by clear, I, I mean muddled, but you know, it's, I think that number Ch- two role is his. Chase Edmonds is still on the board. Well, in our, in our, in, in this month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we're he, you know what he is, Ryan? He's dripping. With upside. <laughs> so we're, we're at 15 um, into the 15th round. So, there you go. The, there's a, a draft that, that Trey and I are doing, and it's got IDP players in it as well. So it's a little bit different. But I think we're into like the like the 30th round. This is like 60 rounds because you're up to an IDP, and he's still on the board. And, and and Trey and I have been talking about drafting him. So he's lasting a long time. I mean, he's going after the okay. The last three guys in in the Joe's mock, we've had Darrington Evans, uh, Naheem Hines, and then. Uh, Devonta Freeman, who hasn't even been signed by anybody. So he's still on the board after those guys. So I think you're right. I mean, guy you can get super late, won't cost you much to acquire him, and he could hit big time for you. Um, I do think, though, there there's a world where Drake, um, if he stays healthy, but you're right, he's never done it before. He's never, like, had this bell cow role in his career. There is a world where he could have a, a really nice season in Arizona, assuming Arizona can do what a lot of people are predicting they can do and elevate that offense. I mean, yeah, can Kyler Murray take that big step? Well, I don't know. We'll see. Ryan, if Kenyon Drake hits, he's a massive outlier. That's where that's where I like. I kind of sit is if he does hit, he's one of those guys that has come into a role and really boomed very late in his career. That is a statistical outlier. But he had some some big. I have a question. Like, what do you what do you say that because he did have some. Um, stretches in Miami where he he performed quite well. I mean, like quite well, or was he fine? No, I think he had some. Uh, well, at least in stretches. Let, let me. I, I I don't have it in front of me, but I can go back and look. But um, was was it um, was it the 2017 season? Um, where uh, I mean, 2018 he had some good games. Uh, I mean, he was pretty good. He had a decent snap share. Uh, he was never really the full time starter but he started to kind of blossom into that role, you know, 2019 with that trade. The thing is, is even on the, you know, with, with the Cardinals, he had a couple, he basically had two really, really good games. Uh, and it was during the fantasy playoffs. So in weeks 15 and 16, he hit so hard that that's what we're going to remember. Uh, 2018, it, it wasn't bad, Ryan, but I, I still, he's going to be a massive, since his clout layer. And in 2017, he finished the season pretty strong again as well. So, and then 2018, we were higher on Kenyon Drake, but it's not, it's, I just, where he's going in redraft and what he's being valued at, he's, he's, his, where he's being drafted in redraft is going to be an outlier for that profile, that player, and who, like who he is. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, it, it does seem a little rich to be taking him there. It's not like he's this proven commodity. But, you know, the argument, of course, is going to be that he was stuck in Miami. Um, they didn't know how to utilize him, just like we've seen having known how to utilize a lot of these players that have emerged all of a sudden. So, And um, I hope he does. I hope, I hope I'm very much so proven wrong. I hope Kenyon Drake is, is amazing. But I think your point is it's a little bit terrifying to pick him where he's being taken. Uh, I, I would completely agree with you. Um, and not necessarily someone I want to invest in, in, in dynasty, honestly, where what you're paying for him, because you are, um, you know, you, you, let's see, where did he go in this draft? Let me, 501. Let me 501. So you're taking him at the early fifth round and you know, he, he's on this one year deal. There just aren't a lot of guarantees um, after that. I mean, you know, this is a super flex league and he went at the 501 and you, you could have grabbed, you know, right after him, Daniel Jones went, Matt Ryan went, CD lamb. Jared Goff, uh, Calvin Ridley, all, all those guys. I, I think I went over. Cortland uh, Sutton, uh, you know, Cooper Cup, the DJ yeah. Shark. There's a lot of these uh, wide receivers that, that, since that tier has gotten so big, are being pushed down. That I would, I would want over Kenyon. Like he, it, it would be Kenyon Drake's a guy that you fall into, and I think you just hold unless you can get something you know better than that. But if I could have traded for the pick that became CD Lamb, if he was on the board, and I was like, hey, I'll give you Kenyon Drake for this, you know, 107 pick. Or you know maybe like 108, 109, and super flex. I would do that in a heartbeat. But but I, I think it does say something about the position as well that in this draft he was the RB nineteen off the board because after him, you can't be very excited about the, these running backs in dynasty. You know Devin Singletary, uh, you know uh, David Montgomery, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Darius Geis, Le'Veon Bell. You got some older guys there, and then some younger guys that you know, you have to question, you know, Devin Singletary, is he really going to be the the guy in, in Buffalo? Um, you know, how's Zach Moss going to come into play there? Uh, d- does uh, Josh Allen vulture some touches at the goal line? You know, David Montgomery didn't have a, a great rookie year. Um, so, so I, I, you know, I, I it, it's it, running back is tough in dynasty. Once you get really outside, like the top 15 guys or so, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I actually like scooping up Le'Veon Bell too. Yeah, Le'Veon but Bell it's, is, it's, is. It's easy in the Adam Gase offense, and I need to start rationalizing that more into that he's not going to be good because it's it, well, it's Dow Loggins, it's Adam Gase, it's it's literally the eighth ring of hell for fantasy football. He, he yeah, it seems like we always, we always bring like up in Dante's shit, Inferno. So the first true. one is you have to like play two years of NFL football under Adam Gase. <laughs> Yeah, and the, and the thing is, as you know, as bad as his year it was last year, you know, still 245 carries, uh, still 78 targets. He was still in PPR leagues, the running back 16. So, if nothing else, you're you're Le'Veon Bell is probably locked into an RB two, assuming he stays healthy. Yeah, and, and that's, that's like for more. Yeah, and that, right, it just it reminds me a lot of David Montgomery. David Montgomery, I feel like, is in lock for a ton of touches, just a ton of touches. And last year was a very, very bad like scenario for him. Like things, a lot of things went wrong for him. And I think that we could see an uptick in this year. And again, I don't, I, I, the thing is I haven't found David Montgomery cheap enough to where I can actually like acquire him yet, but I'm, I'm still trying. I still, I still have some belief that he can accrue value from year two to three from where he is now, uh, which should bring us into the, this draft round. Cause this is, these are the players we're talking about. Yeah, well, I think I think the other thing before we move on from that too is uh, the, 
I'm hoping that David Montgomery gets more work in the passing game because Tariq Cohen, if, if you watch him in the passing game, he, he's just not very efficient. He just doesn't have the best hands in the world. I, I know he gets a lot of targets, but I'm hoping the Bears realize that David Montgomery is pretty good in the passing game and, and he gets more more love there. I mean, we'll see if that happens. But um, if you've ever watched Tariq Cohen, it's, he's, he's just – He's just not super impressive, honestly. I mean, he makes big plays. He makes exciting plays. He's impressive in, in some aspects. But well, and Tariq I, I, Cohen I, finishes an RB1. Tariq Cohen, is it like his, you mean his rookie he, year? He, no, yeah, he had to finish as an RB1. Isn't that insane? It is insane. Um, yeah, but I, I think that was also – I'm trying to remember how many targets he got that year. I mean – I mean, yeah, it's boosted by a lot of things, but that's it's, – it's like a – will forever be chasing that upside regardless of current performances. Yeah. And things yeah. could get better. Things could get better. For, for, for Tree Cohen or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it could, I, I mean, you know, I, I guess there was that report that came out this week that he was um, like doing yoga and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe that'll help him. I, I, I like Tree Cohen obviously, but I, I just think that, um, you know, he's a little bit overrated in terms of, you it know, didn't say what kind of yoga, it. and that really matters to me. So, <laughs> Cosmic Kids, I'm sure. If you ever check that mm. out. But... Mm. Interesting, Ryan. Interesting. Mm. Mm. All right. I would do that kind of yoga to prepare my, prepare my body for the NFL. <laughs> I, I would hope. I kid. You could have said any yoga, and I would have said that. Yeah. Cosmic anyway. Kids is actually a YouTube channel for kids, for kids to do yoga. If you have kids, listeners, check it out. It's pretty entertaining for kids. But I digress. Let's Let's get into this mock draft and we, we got to figure out how to tackle this will because we, we we did talk about the first five rounds but i think maybe we want to take a like a, a a bigger picture approach and not just go round by round just kind of talk about some trends that we saw um you know what positions went where um you know you know observations that type of thing and, and also look at some rosters and see you know what we think of our own rosters and what roster we think might be the, the best after <laughs> 14 finish oh, rounds. Yeah. I would love to. <laughs> um, so where where do you where do you want to begin? You, you were talking about the first round, and we were looking before we started recording at the first round of this mock versus DLF ADP. DLF they just they just released a, a June um, you know Superflex mock, and we had more quarterbacks go earlier in ours. I mean, they had four in their first round, and we had six, six. in ours. I think so because I think in real life quarterbacks go earlier than what they do in the DLF mocks, and I think that's an area to capitalize on in your startup drafts, and then uh, argue against for in trades. So if you're trying to acquire a quarterback uh, that you think is higher, you can use that as a, a bargaining piece, being like, "Well, in ADP, you know, they're at this point, and the player I'm offering at this point." Yeah, and, and it, it's it's cliche, but it's so true. The cheapest time to get a quarterback is in the startup, and especially uh, in this mock. Yeah, yeah, especially in this mock. Um, but but that's true for really, I think most leagues, and um, you never know what guys are going to turn out to be. So I, I remember um, last year the the local Chicago Dynasty League that I'm in. Um, I, I think I got Daniel Jones. I, I don't know where I got him, but it was like super late. And if you recall, people were like mocking Daniel Jones, like he wasn't going to turn into anything. Um, but, you know, t- talk about a great investment. He's really risen in value since I took him, you know, wherever that was. I mean, that was, you know, probably like ninth, 10th, 11th round in that, in that draft. I don't remember. So it really is true that 
you know, if you took Drew Locke, for example, last year in a startup draft, where did you get Drew Locke? Probably super late. And, and he certainly has, um, has, has worked out for you. So quarterbacks and these, these start, startups um, are, are, you know, they can, they can really um, they, they at least retain their value, if not increase their value. Yeah, I mean, unless, unless it's Mr. Risky, he'll lose value. But if you had the guts to start Daniel Jones in your championship game last year, uh, he put up a, a just a massive game against that Washington football team. And, I, and again, I think that potentially resonates with some people. Uh, he had a few quite a, like a good number of boom games last year, but outside of that, Daniel Jones was not very good, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did have some. It is the boom games, and I'm not. I'll be honest. I think he's he had four. Certain, he had four boom. What I would consider boom games. Yeah, I think he's definitely a sell candidate going into the year two. I mean, I think if you can get you know the value for Daniel Jones, where where he's going, I I, I want to cash that in for for sure. Um, so Daniel Jones here in, in this he he's QB thirteen. So he went at the off at the five oh two. So if I can flip Daniel Jones for Matt Ryan, who went after, or Jared Goff, um, you know, or, or, or Stafford Plus or Tannehill Plus, man, I'm going to do that. I, I'd rather do that than, than Daniel Jones. Yeah. It, 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 he's kind of a piece. I think it would be hard to get – you'd have to find somebody who really loves Daniel Jones to trade in another quarterback plus something else versus a quarterback needy team uh, for another position. But it, it, it probably does depend. Like, I, I think you're right. Like, I think if, if, you know, like Daniel Jones for Jared Goff, that, that deal probably doesn't get done, but you, I think you could trade Jones for Tannen Hill plus or Kirk cousins plus pretty easy. Yeah. Cause just because of his age, you know, people will see like, Oh, you know, he's second year, you know, I can get him where Kirk cousins is older and Tannen Hill's older. And I don't believe in oh, Hill, so. I'm so interested to see how Kirk cousins season goes too. Cause as, as if you haven't heard it yet, the Vikings lost all three starting cornerbacks in their nickel package. So their potential to be, or the need to score more points could be very high. Yeah, anyway. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think we've talked about this a little bit before and, and uh, you know, we don't want to turn this into NFC North podcast, but I, I think that's one of the interesting storylines in the NFC North this year. You're right. The Vikings defense, what's it going to be like? And yeah, you're right. They may have to open it up a little bit in Minnesota. I also think- I also think this is a make-or-break year for Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan. You know my conspiracy theories behind his contract, that the world should know that we brought that up here first on the Fantasy Joes about how little he could be cut for. And then as, as year over year, or it's, it's now last year, he's fine. He could – so he has an opportunity to be a much, much better fantasy asset this season uh, and be potentially – you know, a, a, still be a great NFL quarter. I mean, he led him to the Super Bowl, so it's not like he's on the hot seat by any means. But – you have a very intelligent offensive coordinator. The QB market is way more saturated than it has ever been. Uh, so I do think that uh, Garoppolo has the you know the opportunity to accrue quite a bit of value for you, assuming he does well and does you know signs like a contract extension. But if he does not and he suffers, that team could move on so easily. And especially if they're going to try to like draft a rookie quarterback or move up or maybe even make a play for you know another guy. And this is just an example, but. You know, a player like Josh Rosen that they trade for midseason, he integrates really well into the roster, and now they have a cheaper contract moving forward. He's eating up a good amount of cap space and hasn't shown that he is an elite quarterback, really. Yeah, he certainly has his limitations, and I think we saw that last year. Um, but And, yeah, I think you're spot on with that assessment. One other 
trends do you see here, Will, in, in this Superflex startup that were interesting to you? Um, we, we already kind of touched on the running backs. I, I, I do feel that this just reinforces on my mind. I, I, I Listen, I don't like to tra- take running backs early, but you know, that said, you know, running backs really dry up quickly. Whereas, you know, wide receivers, um, you know, there's still some really interesting names later in the draft. So, so for example, let's look at the ninth round in the ninth round wide receiver 34 at the, the 904 was Hollywood Brown. Then Tyler Boyd went after him wide receiver 35. And then at the 908 Tyler Lockett wide receiver 36. Those are all wide receivers that are interesting to me. Whereas if I look at the running backs that go 34, 35, 36, I mean, we're looking at, um, uh, um, uh, let's see, Mark Ingram. You're looking at uh, Zach Moss. And then you're looking at um, uh, Rojo, Ronald, Ronald Jones. I mean, <laughs> so did, after doing a draft like this, does, do you want to kind of pound running backs early? Do you want to try to get a couple of elite running backs in the first four rounds and maybe, maybe do a couple of quarterbacks, a couple of running backs, or, you know, how do you take the running back position in dynasty? Because they, they also lose value so quickly, a running back that we value now, um, you know, yesterday's Eddie Lacy is today's like, you know, worthless asset. That's not even in the NFL. So what or do you think? Todd, or even Todd Gurley, like a top asset. That that knee arthritis popped up in an, at an unexpected time. Nobody after Todd Gurley's second kind of boom regular season was worried about his knee until going like the the and I guess the end of that season into the playoffs. But after that first season, uh, and then the next year, he he lost a ton of value. I mean, he still had a decent fantasy season last year. Don't get me wrong, but now he's he's pushed so far down. Uh, you could go through guys, you know like continually where running backs just hit this cliff and then just disappear. So, but the thing is fantasy points matter. And if you're in a full PPR league and you have a running back that can catch passes, it can give you two years of elite production. You just need to compete now and, and kind of move that ball down the road. We're also not great at identifying what rookie wide receivers are really going to hit the hardest and move up in ADP the best. You know, think about where Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, uh, even DK Metcalf is being pushed down based on moving to the second round. Like we missed the uh, an opportunity to get some elite wide receivers last year, uh, or like later in the first round and things like that, where I think running back is, I guess what I want to say is there's more variance in, into drafting wide receivers in your rookie draft. And I think you can pick up and acquire them easier. That can become something better than when a running back coming out of the blue versus a known commodity. It's, it's harder to find, the next stud running back outside of a rookie draft for a price that you're willing to pay than it is to get a wide receiver that has a lot of upside and can move up. Yeah. And, and with this class of wide receivers and also the 2021 class, um, even though we've lost Justin Ross in that class, it, it appears um, a lot of exciting wide receivers coming into the league. Um, and, and not so many, if you look at the running back class next year, uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard, um, Travis Sintian, and, and um, I, I guess some people like Najee Harris uh, from Alabama, but that's, it's a pretty short list, essentially. I mean, they're probably, oh, there's um, um, what's his face from Penn state that that's um, that some people like too. what, what can, um, uh, journey Brown. Is that right? Um, anyway. Um, but wide receivers, man, you, you got a lot of guys that, that people are excited about. 
You just so, know that the Penn State running back, too, is going to blow up the combine. Oh, yeah? Penn State players cross the Oh, because, uh, because like all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no matter what. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter what they were like coming into the Penn State program. They will be primed and ready for that combine. Good point. Yeah. They'll uh, weigh like 230, <laughs> jump 42 inches, run a sub 4-4 four four or something. It'll be great. Yeah. But, but I, I think – you know, it's exciting that we have a lot of interesting running backs coming in this year, but I, I think, you know, next year, maybe not so much. And, and we're seeing a lot of these guys are just going to kind of fall off in value. Like the Todd Gurley's of the world, Le'Veon Bells, they'll be another year older and um, more devalued. So um, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's interesting because I think now more than other times I'm going to consider running backs earlier than I, I used to, because, you know, you just, there just aren't too many of them that that are you know putting up fantasy points for you yeah and what happens when like the seahawks next year draft to chuba hubbard or travis etienne you know that those situations are very replaceable if we can wash like kind of you know wash it out of our minds the rashad penny experience if he doesn't come back to health and do anything i think there's just a there's a landscape where things there's just so many opportunities what if the niners draft a running back that that's you know of consequence uh, and or the Cardinals, we're gonna. There's good offenses right now that don't have a, like a secure running back in place for the long term. That there's gonna be a mountain of opportunity next year. A yeah, mountain I, dripping, dripping with upside ride. <laughs> and this this strategy that I talked about the the two QBs and two running backs, you essentially did that well. I mean, you took Mahomes at the at the 103, and I have to say. And, and I think it was Curtis Patrick that, that put that out there um, on, on Twitter the other day. Something to the effect that, you know, it, it blows his mind that, that he, as good as CMC is and, and Saquon Barkley, you know, you know the, as, as good as those guys are, to pass on Patrick Mahomes in a super flex league is it, it, kind of crazy because uh, how many more years are you going to get this lead production from Patrick Mahomes? Um, assuming he stays healthy, you know, you're looking at a, uh, we can say, say a decade of production, don't you think? Yeah, and he basically missed three games last year and threw for 26 touchdowns. So if you kind of like, you could even call it a down year where if he played the entire season, let's say he just throws for two touchdowns a game for those, you know, three games ish, uh, and he ends up with 32 touchdowns. A 32 touchdown season could be his floor. That's a pretty darn good floor. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, I mean, let's, let's hope CMC and Barkley, you know, have, you know, I don't know. I, I think, you know, like if they have five more good years, like fancy years, I think that's, that's a big win. And, and those guys can win a lot of championships. So I don't think they're, they're bad picks to take early, but you know, Patrick Mahomes is, I, I think is, is the one one in Superflex the more I think about it. Um, but, but then in the second round, you took Clyde Edwards Hilaire running back 11 at the 210, uh, I was pretty stoked about that. Yeah, uh, and and then J.K. Dobbins. So you got you know, arguably two of the top three running backs in, in this class, and and then you went Aaron Rodgers QB eleven in the fourth round. So so you did that strategy, and um, I, I like I like that start. I, I think that that a couple quarterbacks, a couple running backs, because you're going to be able to scoop up wide receivers later. So well, I mean, it didn't, but. Well, you didn't. That's the startup. That's, that's again, Ryan. This, the the startup draft to me is I, I'm trying to accrue value in a startup draft as best as possible. And in a mock draft, we're not allowed to move back. 
my like my my end goal is to take what player I think would be the most valuable, whether it comes to trading and improving the other positions on my team, or players who are going to be worth more later than what they are right now. If Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a late first round startup pick next year in a super flex, nobody's gonna be surprised. If JK Dobbins is, is a you know late late first, early second round startup pick next year, I don't think anybody's gonna be surprised. Uh, you know, coming into the next season. So that's why, you know, with, with Edward Slayer, I took him before Devontae Adams. And that was a really tough choice for me because uh, I, I really like Devontae Adams. And I really think he has this, this year, he's, he's just going to put up monster numbers, assuming no injuries or anything like that. And then maybe he has like another year or two there with, with Aaron Rodgers and we'll see kind of how that moves on. But again, pr- production matters and fantasy points now matter quite a bit. Uh, so that that was a really that actually was a really difficult decision, but with Edwards Lair there, I just I'm I'm too obsessed. Yeah, and Adams, you know, slipped to the the two twelve, and I think one of the reasons he slipped was because people were paying the running backs because they know that as great as Adams is, you know, you're you're going to miss a window there. So, um, yeah, I I mean, you know, for for example, um. I'm just trying to look at, um, you know, other teams that, that, that pass on Adams. Like, so, so Jason, for example, um, it took Derrick Henry at the 211 as opposed to Devonta Adams, which I don't love, but that could work out for him. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry could resign and could have several more years of, of RB1 production. Um, he was able to get Chris Godwin the next round and then later added Robert Woods, who I think is a great value in Dynasty, Debo Samuel, uh, Christian Kirk. So, you know, he's still able to load up on some wide receivers and able to get, get running backs. So you've got to make that decision. Um, and in hindsight, at the 208, I took um, DeAndre Hopkins, and I was thrilled to get him there. I thought he slipped down to the middle of the second round or late second round even. But in hindsight, looking at my running backs, probably should have grabbed a running back there. I probably should have grabbed a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or J.K. Dobbins because I could have got – wide receivers later. And I, and I did, I got plenty of wide receivers on this team, not a lot of, uh, of running backs. So yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Um, so, well, we talked about this on the Patreon show, um, but, but we didn't get into it on the big show. And I want to now kind of starting to look at rosters. Let's talk about our rosters. And, and I, can we, can we start with yours? Yeah. So you Fire are, away. so, so you have f- 15 players. So we're almost at the end of the 15th round, 15 players in, Here's Will's roster. He's got a lot of quarterbacks, kids. A lot of quarterbacks. You got Drew Brees, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Patrick Mahomes, Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Ryan. That's seven, count them, seven quarterbacks. Then you've got three running backs. We talked about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, and then you grabbed Philip Lindsay, uh, who we talked about on the big show. Or the big show. This is the big show. We talked about him on the Patreon show, so check that out. Patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. Um, then wide receivers, your wide receiver core, not the best, um, in my opinion, Dante Johnson, <laughs> really? Marvin Jones, Michael Pittman and Sammy Watkins. I mean, come on, you know, you don't love your wide receivers. Who's your wide receiver one of, of those guys? Uh, I would assume fancy points wise, clearly going to be Marvin Jones. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, is, and then you got pretty wild. Then you got TJ Hawkinson, University of Iowa product. Yeah. And I, and, you know, I, I grabbed the tight end at that point. Cause I do think again, just dripping dripping with upside uh, with TJ Hawkinson, but uh, looking at players that went after him, you know, you know, give or take uh, that, that pick at that time, uh, maybe could have gone like a Le'Veon Bell or, you know, you have somebody else to fill a st- like a more of a starting role. 
and then scooped up tight end a little bit later. Uh, I just, I, I truly do believe, Ryan, that, that TJ Hawkinson has the, the a world of potential in front of him. Uh, Marvin Jones, I did reach for quite a bit as an older wide receiver, but at this point in time, I needed somebody that I feel like I can, as long as he's healthy, Marvin Jones is, a, is an easy start, week in, week out. No, like, no problems. He accrued nine touchdowns last year through his shortened season, and they didn't really do anything at the wide receiver core to really affect what that production is going to be. So, I mean, I know he can be gone, but give me one good year of wide receiver, like, two-ish production Wait, point, with Marvin Jones. Point, point of information, Will, you, you took him in the 13th round. Marvin Jones was actually a screaming value there. Wide receiver 55. You didn't reach for Marvin Jones. I still, It still felt like a reach because he's so old, man. <laughs> he's so old. <laughs> Uh, but he's usable. He's, he's going to get you one, one great year. Deontay Johnson, I kind of took again, because in a startup draft like this, when this draft finishes, I bet I can trade Deontay Johnson pretty easily for a player that I like more. So, so that's, that's, a, that's a community pick. That's one of the things I want to talk about because, you know, we, we talked about this offline, you know, you, you got seven quarterbacks and you know, there, there are people like, like Scott Connor on, on his, his show, Dennis and Shield podcast, he was talking about this the other day. He, he actually said something to the effect of, you know, I, I've, I've seen this in my leagues, but I've never seen it be successful. The guy in, in the startup draft that takes all the QBs in Superflex league and, and tries to, to sell them because, you know, people are a little bit resentful about that. And, and, you know, he's never seen anyone successfully pull up the strategy, but you have successfully pulled out the strategy, I think multiple times where you've taken a lot of quarterbacks because the value is there and you're able to turn those quarterbacks into, um, into good assets. You just, have to wanna... be, you just have to be patient. You have to be patient. You have to let the kind of the hate down, die down after the draft. And you have to let people get a little shaky in their seats about their quarterback situation going into the season. It is a little stressful as the owner. But your startup draft should be based on value. It should be based on players you think are going to do well. You shouldn't be filling your starting roster in June. That's and, and Ryan, we've gone through this in our leagues where I'm not worried about my starting lineup in June, especially in a league. And if it was this were a league that we were all in, all these people are active and awesome. And they're not going to hold it against me later on that I quarterback hoarded during the startup draft. And I think that the fact that you haven't seen it successfully done, I've done it in one league, and I really, really like my team now. I did make a couple mistakes in some trades of quarterbacks, but at the time I didn't feel bad about them. Uh, you know, it was like trading like Sam Darnold, who I got later on for Damian Williams for a starting running back. That didn't pan out very well, but my team looks good now. You just have to be willing to take the risk that you're going to be able to trade those players later. And again, people are going to like a quarterback's going to get hurt too at some point, or maybe one of my quarterbacks gets hurt. And now I have the depth to, to plug and play that. Yeah, I guess we're, if, if I'm just going to, you know, um, you know, I mean, I, th I think the strategy is fine, but th th some of the picks to me were, were like, I don't think we're the best values on the board. Like you, you took Drew Brees in the sixth round. I mean, Drew Brees could very much be one and done. And if you're not able to flip him, you know, you, you've basically given up a chance to, to draft a guy that could, could help you for many more years. Um, so there's still some really good players on the board. Um, Philip Rivers in the ninth round, you could, you could say the same thing. I mean, those guys are probably, you know, 2020 assets that, you know, could help your team win, but if you don't use them and they retire, suddenly you got nothing. Yeah, but those are my fallbacks for the trades. So now I'm, I'm trading my younger quarterbacks and my more valuable assets for in bigger deals for more valuable assets. So these are the guys that I might not be expecting to trade Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. Maybe those are my two starting quarterbacks going into the season. 
And now I have, you know, I've moved other pieces to acquire more skill, like the other skill position players that I need for my roster. So, so your idea is that's, you're gonna, where, like, that's where quarterback, like that's where the, the quarterback courting can, I think can get lost a little bit and, and it could be a mistake. I'm not saying this is the best strategy in the world, but this is where my, my brain goes is these guys can start for me easily. Right. Right. Like, they could be my two starting quarterbacks and my team wouldn't be terrible. And if I have a third one in there, that's still good. So now, uh, now I can move like Patrick Mahomes with more ease in, in, in a massive deal where I'm accruing more value at other positions where I got him at where he was in the startup draft, but I wasn't going to get the pick value for that pick in the startup draft or Aaron Rodgers, If somebody wants to try to, you know, they think that their, you know, the revenge narrative is going to be there or Matt Ryan, somebody who wants some safety that I can, you know, I can move those guys for more than, than what I can, these older guys, but I can start these older guys. Like I can be comfortable with that and move the more sexy assets at QB to then accrue the other value of the other positions. Yeah. No, and that's that's fair. No, and I tell, and you're right. If you if you you know take these guys, and then it's like you shot Mahomes, you should be able to get a lot for Patrick Mahomes, for example, and and then you round out your roster, and all of a sudden you're you're you know you're roaring to go, and you you still have plenty of, of quarterbacks. So, um, okay, well that's so. Are you ha- so are you happy then? And like it, like in now that you're you're this far in, do you do you like your roster? Do you do you feel like you did a good job? You 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 know you 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 think this is a good start? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's fine. I'm not like overly like quarterback courting is never fun. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But again, like you, like I, I, I want it to be a realistic thing, and I would have realistically done something like this in a draft if those, if that, those values were falling. So that's fair. That's fair. That's where I want to go. Like I, like one of the things I think about is like the the like like taking Hawkinson where I took him versus somebody else, uh, like things like that. I might have I might have pivoted a little bit, but. I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, obviously, if this were the start of the season, I would be horrified by my roster. But in a, in a startup draft at this point in the year, uh, I I I'm I'm okay with it. I'm not I'm not overly stoked. I, I feel like I represented a, a person in a draft that people should be able to expect in their regular drafts, and that I can defend it in the sense that like I would be happy with this draft and playing it out. Okay, fair enough. Uh, um, so uh, you're you're trying to attack my my roster. Okay, got got to pull it up. <laughs> Do you mean to, you mean to read through it and then you can you can dissect it? Yeah. So Ryan, so you only have what you have two starting quarterbacks on your team because you have Nick Foles, you have Joe Burrow, Nick Foles, Jared Goff, Cam Newton. So you're a candidate to give me a whole ton of value for my. I have, I have three starting quarterbacks because Nick Foles is definitely the starter in Chicago. Yeah, but I mean for like what three four games. Uh, so then AJ Dillon, Zeke <laughs> Elliott, Tony Pollard, Damian Williams. Uh, Tyler Boyd, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Lucas Schnault, Juju, and OJ Howard. Uh, Ryan, I don't, I don't have a lot to attack about your roster because you, it's just, it's a very, you know, it's, it's well rounded. You scooped up DeAndre Hopkins late in the second round. I think that was a really good value. Uh, your running backs after Zeke are a little bit questionable. For sure, uh, you're, you're gonna have to make a move <laughs> to, to accrue like, and that's to me, Ryan, the the hardest position to trade for right now is running back. Uh, outside of quarterback uh potentially depending on which quarterbacks you're talking about but that's uh that, that's going to be a gap it's gonna, you can't really fill in but you could still pick up you know we're still in this draft where chase Edmonds is on the board uh tevin coleman these guys that again we're in june so in a mock dra- or in a draft right now if you scoop these guys up ryan you're just patient you don't panic about your starting running backs until 
you know, later on in August, I, th I think you could be able to acquire or watch your guys accrue value moving into that time. Uh, your wide receiver core is very, very, very young. So minus DeAndre Hopkins, who's at like the apex, right? Right. So you have, you have one core key starter moving to a new situation. I think he carries more risk than what we really – well, I feel like that's being, that's being baked in, especially going to the 208. So, but I think to have your like hardcore starter at wide receiver, you have him and Juju. So if you can start both those guys week in, week out, you potentially have two wide receiver ones or top, you know, like 18 wide receivers. Uh, and then at, at tight end, you took OJ Howard. And I, I'm curious about the, the thought process on OJ Howard. I assume you just got him recently. Yeah. But he's yeah, not going to be a starter for you. You're going to need to back that up with somebody. So what's your plan? What's your plan from here on out? Like this kind of lighter running back, uh, a good, like with McLaurin to a pretty good wide to great wide receiver core. Where, what were your thoughts and where are you going with this? Yeah. So in terms of, of my, my thought process, like I, I, I feel good about the, the quarterback situation. You know, I've got, um, you know, three starters that, that are, that are fine. I mean, Burrow, I think has upside to be a quarterback one, even in year one, I think Jared Goff is underrated. Nick Foles is going to be the starting in Chicago in the next couple of years. And Cam Newton, hopefully he'll sign if not later this season, the next year. So maybe the Chicago Bears, you actually have a starter there. <laughs> I love to see Cam in Chicago. That would be fun. Um, yeah. Running back. Th that's why like, if I, if I could go back and do it again, I probably would have attacked the running back position sooner in hindsight. You know, I took Zeke early, obviously, and I was able to handcuff him with Tony Pollard. So I feel like good, like I've got one running back position kind of locked in for the year. Um, uh, you know, but this is also dynasty too. I'm not necessarily looking to win um, in, in 2020. You know, the, you know, this is not, uh, that's, that's not really my approach. So I don't have a younger roster, but that's intentional. So I, I'm not really worried. If I, if I only have one running back to start and I have to, you know, take, um, um, I'm trying to think of uh, somebody, um, you know, some craptastic running back off of waivers to, to, to plug and play. I'm fine with that. I'm not worried about the running back position. Um, so, and, and then, you know, my wide receiver, wide receiver courts, it's younger. Yeah. So I, I you know, I, in terms of OJ Howard, I took him late. I, I still think there's potential there. E even with, um, with Tom Brady, I think if they're going to do, um, uh, you know, a lot of two tight end sets, I, I think he could have a decent year. So, you know, I, I drafted this team looking more towards, you know, 2021 and beyond. So I, I think this is a good core, younger core to get me set up. And, you know, that was my thought process going in. But, but yeah, to do it again, probably would have paid more attention to the running back position. Uh, I did take A.J. Dillon, probably reached for him. I think A.J. Dillon is a starter in Green Bay in, in 2021. That, that's, a, that's a bit of a risky projection. So, but, but definitely my team is younger. I mean, there's some risk here. That what, what if these guys don't pan out like I want them to? So there's certainly some downside. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the roster. I don't love the roster, but I think it's, I think it's fine, you know. The hottest takes here. On the fantasy shows <laughs> i didn't do like my i guess my one of my, my one regret would be that i should have with a mock draft they always talk about it's a chance to experiment and i wish i would have taken a little bit of a different approach and, and experimented and tried some some kind of outside of the box strategy i think that would have been fun um i know trey talked about in the chat with us his strategy was kind of not to worry so much about um you know if you look at my roster for example there are a lot of potential picks like a Jerry Judy. It's, it's all about potential. We, we think he could be, um, you know, a wide receiver one potentially, but we, we don't know that. Um, LaVisca Chenault, same thing. Um, 
even you know you could argue that Juju, even though he's proved it his, at the start of his career, it, it, you know you're still banking on him bouncing back. Um, so and, and OJ Howard is purely a potential pick. So there's a lot of that on my roster. I have to, I have to admit. So that's not always the best thing. Where where Trey, his philosophy in this draft was, I'm, I want to go for the best values, just purely by value. And I think his roster is fine too. Um, but um, but but yeah, I, I wish I tried some different type of strategy for sure. Yeah, well, so, so Trey ended up with Derek Carr, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Makers, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs, Ronald Jones. So his running back core is, pretend, is potentially pretty solid. Right. Uh, assuming yeah. like Fournette and Jacobs are starters for 2021, kind of like locked in. James uh, Conner is the, too. For the most part. Yeah, James Conner. Uh, Cam Akers is an extremely high upside pick. He could be, he could be super successful in the NFL. He has the profile. He has the pedigree coming out of high school. Uh, that college production is so odd because Florida State was just so bad. It's such a weird, weird years for them. So I think that that has uh, the beneficial to be, you know, have, have a lot of upside. Uh, he would be one of the guys, although knowing Trey, that I would target with one of my quarterback trades, uh, being that he only has two, and one of those is Derek Carr, and then it was Big Ben. You know, see what he would be willing to pay, although him and I seem to not agree all the time. But we do agree sometimes. So maybe, you know, maybe it would be uh, something we'd work out. Ayuk, uh, he, he grabbed pretty late in this draft, which I think first-round draft pedigree, regardless how you feel about a player, with Ayuk's profile and build and team that you landed on, easily can accrue value from year one to year two. I thought it was a great pick in the 12th round. Yeah, I agree. 12th round. and uh, Wide receiver 51. Yeah, and, I, you know, I've been in a startup draft where 2021 picks are on the board and all the first-round picks are gone by the 12th round, basically, for, for 2021. And – you know, you, you should be happy that one of your first-round rookie picks would be a first-round wide receiver in the NFL, especially to a team that just just oozes praise onto Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> so, I mean, we should, be, we should be higher, I think, on Ayuk as a dynasty community than what we are right now as a consensus. Uh, Keenan Allen is a bit – like, he – I don't see accruing any more value than he has right now. He has past production, and we talked about this last time with the, the quarterback change. Uh, Gallup is still a massive value just because – you can buy in the unknown situation. Amari Cooper could could hurt his foot or have something happen to him, or maybe see the lamb takes a little bit while a little longer to fit in. So you could have a starter in Michael Gallup like right away. But the way he finished last year, Michael Gallup could be an upside pick. Uh, KJ Hamler is the cheapest second round wide receiver uh, besides maybe like TJ Chark two years ago that you might ever see. Yeah, uh, I I love uh, even Will even I've seen Van Jefferson go ahead of him and, and some uh, another second round receiver. Those and, people and need to tweet at Peter Howard and get get like some knowledge dropped on him because uh, <laughs> I think KJ Hamler's the cheapest highest upside player you can get in rookie drafts for the most yeah. part uh, when it comes to the wide receiver position just because he's dinky like he's a small NFL player yeah uh, and he didn't test there's a lot of unknowns Adam Thielen could be a wide receiver one in 2020 like that's if ranger outcomes that's not all that like all that all that outlandish and then michael thomas is the best wide receiver in fantasy football and is actually a difference because the wide receiver position uh he's only gotten austin for a tight end but nobody really cares about tight ends besides like the top couple yeah we don't care uh i'm really excited about kittle's year this year too you know because he missed a couple games last year against some of the worst defenses against tight ends i think i think kittle has a chance to even take another step forward moving into 2021 um but that's for maybe another day. So it's going to stay healthy. The only, only tight end that can stay healthy though is, is Travis Kelsey. And also Ryan, there was a, I was listening to the, I think it was the fantasy Mercs podcast today. 
yeah. you're talking about when, when Philip Rivers had more time in the pocket, his downfield inaccuracy in fantasy point per, like points produced was extremely higher. He had one of the lowest times to throw the ball last year in, uh, in, in LA for the Chargers because that offensive line just didn't gel. It wasn't good. They had some injuries. He now moves to a team where he could potentially have, with that running game, a lot more time to pass. And, and he doesn't need to outproduce you know, what he did. It would be really nice if he did. But he just needs to get back to that you know, mid-range kind of like QB2 production. And, I, and you know, that kind of pick is very happy for, for me to have. And what made me think of that was just looking at different rosters and builds. I think Phillip Rivers, as an aging quarterback, is underrated. Yeah, I, I like uh, that's a that's a great take. One thing I want to say about one of Trace picks at the five oh seven, he took Keenan Allen, wide receiver eighteen. And in the comments, one of the great things about this draft, and it's in the show notes. So click on the link, look at the draft. It, it's really fascinating to see the the thought process behind the yeah. So so this, but more than any other mock draft I've ever been involved in, we didn't ask the guys to um, like do this, but they just took initiative and did it. It's a, I, yeah, uh, and I tried to do my best for picks that could require some explanation like yeah. Mahomes at the one Oh three doesn't require explanation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and Trey said about Keenan Allen, 28 year old elite route runner who has posted three straight seasons of better than 90 receptions, 1100 yards and six touchdowns, three straight seasons of that. And he's been being written off like Julio Jones was back in 2018. He was wide receiver eight last year and I'm taking him at wide receiver 18. Now, of course, difference between Julio Jones and Keenan Allen I mean, Julio's more talented. We talked about this last and, time. And the quarterback. We were talking about this last time? Oh, God, so it's bit. worth mentioning it again. Because, <laughs> but but I, know, I know Keenan Allen is not going to be, you know, have, you know, this, the same quarterback throwing balls to him. But I, I do think that he is a guy that really has – it's hard and almost impossible to trade because I've tried to do it in, in Dynasty Leagues. And, and now I'm thinking, why did I try to trade him? I mean, yeah, he's older. And, you know, you kind of want to get out before it's too late. But – Man, I, I don't know. I and he's I, the potential to be the the if, when Herbert comes in to start at some point. We were thinking he could. He's like a rookie quarterback's best friend. Like, hey, who's wide open? The man with the biggest beard on the field, Keenan Allen. Every time, <laughs> boom, beer, boom, beer, boom, beer. He's gonna be just peppered because he's open. Because he's good. He's like, he's an elite route runner. And so I think that he could he could have a slow start to the season around. I'm a little bit concerned about that because you know how I hate depreciating assets and not being able to trade them were my biggest pet peeves. I hate having to hold players like have, like having to hold a player (laughs) is like my nightmare. And it happens all the time. You know what I mean? But uh, I just hate, I hate having to do that. Uh, Another one, Ryan, that I want to just point out is is Tyler, our, our, our buddy, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler L. Uh, Yeah. Prize stands for Tyler Lortai. He, so he started off his draft with Christian McCaffrey and then got Devontae Adams all the way back in the second round. Yeah, what a value. And I right? think that's a pretty good start to a dynasty draft. Right? Man, you can't, like, you can't do any better. No. Like, that's potentially in a different draft. That could be two first round picks. And that's, you know, they're, they're 22 picks apart. What, what's your, if you look at these rosters, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know that there's one roster that stands out as like, okay, this is the best team in this league. Um, but is there... will be mine when the season starts but. <laughs> but but as the rosters are right now what what's your favorite Let, let's say i could say you can have any of these teams you just take it over is there any team that you would you would trade yours for is there is there a team where you're like yeah that's that they, they had a good draft um or, or a roster you're intrigued by 
Mm, Ryan, I didn't prepare for this, this question. Uh, Cause I really was looking at the quarterback landscape before we talked tonight uh, and kind of, kind of what you would do. There's, there's some holes in rosters where I just would, ha- I would struggle. Cause the biggest hole that I don't want to have Ryan is young running back talent, right? That's the, the one that I really don't want to miss out on. So like, like Jake P uh, one, I'm in a ton of leagues with Jake P and I'm so frustrated at how good he's getting at dynasty. It bothers me to no extent. So, but in a good way, in a good way, like from when we started leagues together to now, he's, he's just becoming like such, such a good dynasty, dynasty player. And and shout out to Jake Patterson because not only is he, yeah, because in our, in our, all our leagues, he's definitely one of the, the the top owners you have to worry about. I I will say that too. He's, he's quite good at dynasty pretty much because of the Joes, let's be honest, but I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Maybe we but, just set off his intrigue and then he's like, Oh, I'm way smarter than these guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was going to say is he set up, like he took initiative. I reached out to him cause he's been running some best ball leagues that you can, you can get into. And, and I said, you know, you're, you're good at like running these leagues. Would you mind setting up this fancy Joe's mock draft? So not only did he set it up, but he like customized the graphic. So if you click on the link in the show notes, You'll see this awesome Fancy Joe's graphic. So, shout out to Jake for setting this thing up, um, I, I, and um, I, we we really appreciate it. So, thanks, Jake. Yeah, and it's been a blessing to meet him through the the Dynasty community. He's just met a lot of good people. Yeah, all these guys. So, are. so Scott Fish and Ryan McDowell are listening. Get that guy a Scott Fishbowl invite. He deserves it. He deserves it. Um, <laughs> he could have mine. That isn't isn't here yet, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, um, so. But what, you were going to talk about Jake's roster. Well, so because because Jake's super savvy dynasty player, but in the mock, he's he's ended up at this point in time with Miles Sanders and Keyshawn Vaughn as his two. Those are only two running backs. And what I, what I would be, but the thing is, like with with Jake's savvy and what he can do, he's he's probably doing a similar thing where he's going to he's taking some of these wide receivers where he's now going to trade for like a starting running back in the like going into twenty twenty. Like Todd really makes it through the offseason healthy he's going to move one of these guys for that, for that kind of player. Uh, he took Marquise Brown. I think it was right after I took Phillip rivers. And I was almost, you know, after I saw that pick, I was almost like banging my head against the table about it. Just cause I think Marquise Brown, Ryan, we're still undervaluing. And I'm sure that he, like nobody's going to take Marquise Brown for Phillip rivers straight up unless they're in a bind. But that the reason, again, I did that was because of the rest of my roster build and the quarterback ordering. So that, that would be that kind of safe starter like later on, but long story short, we just still get straight value. I think that was a, a, a time that I missed that he capitalized on. So I really like that. Uh, his team is extremely young with Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson as your starting quarterbacks. The, you know, in the rest of the build, just right, just oozes some upside. But that the, the hardest part is people will just hold on with the skin of their teeth to their running backs, and that is the scenario I don't want to be in after a startup. Right. But I, th- I think it's also, uh, you, you know, it, it just depends because, you know, I, th- I think the other way to look at it too, Will, is that like if you, if you look at my roster, for example, I don't have a lot of running backs, but, you know, there, there's, there's rookie drafts. I mean, I, like I, I think, you know, my philosophy, it, it, you know, although I, I think it does make sense to get some set running backs in that, that startup, but, you know, you, you want to add those in future drafts, um, and, and, you know, kind of get those other positions locked up because, you know, theoretically wide receivers will last longer, um, you know, quarterbacks. Um, I'm not really worried about tight ends. So I think the, and I think that's what Jake is doing in his roster. Maybe that's even a better illustration is that, okay, 
you know, I'm going to get a couple of pieces here at running back. I'm going to get Miles Sanders. So he, he's kind of locked in one running back. Keyshawn Vaughn, we'll see what happens with Keyshawn Vaughn. But he's locked, you know, he's got Darnold, Lamar Jackson, and Tua as his, his QB core. He's got a lot of wide receivers, and he's got some interesting tight ends with Mike Kosicki and Eric Smith Jr. Um, so and I think that's kind of what Jake's doing here. It's like, okay, let me lock into their positions. I'm going to just just pound running backs in future rookie drafts and trades and, and build my roster that way. So or that's just start, or, or, Yeah, or just start scooping those upside guys now, like those Chase Edmonds, Tevin Coleman's. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of guys on the board that are available. Yeah, and there that's, certainly really- my, that, that's certainly my plan is I just go all running back. I've got all the other – I mean, I need a tight end, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah. There, isn't, there isn't like a roster on here uh, that I'm like, ugh gross you know that it's like overall they seem to be uh like pr- like pretty well built but again it's startup time we're in the 15th round we haven't had anything kind of happen so it's uh i don't know it's, it's just been such a good experience and with the notes that people are putting in it's uh it's it's worth a read it's worth looking at ryan to me this is one of the most real mock drafts you can go and look for for what are the actual adps of players and what they're doing and I think it could be a very, very, very valuable asset to everybody who's listening to go and check this out and, and just see, like, if you're not doing a startup now and you don't want, like, you're not trying to add new leagues because that's like, that, that, that's something that you, you shouldn't just add new leagues on a whim. It should be a dedication to a dynasty league. If you just want to see kind of where player values are going now in a, in a kind of like standardized, almost like dynasty league now with like super flex and everything like that. Uh, this is a good spot. I think this just provided a ton of valuable information that we've talked about, we've analyzed, we've gone through that provides a lot on top of it. But the core of it is you should just go and look for yourself and, and really, really check out what this is, has shown us. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to move into the two minute warning. So any final thoughts about this mock or anything else you want to share with our listeners? Oh man. Ooh. I, I, uh, I've got something. If you need to think about it for a minute, no, you go. So my final thought of the evening is that, well, you're right. Just to build on what you said, you don't just want to jump into a startup draft just to jump in. You know, you, you want to make sure you've got the time for it. You, you dedicate yourself to the league. Um, but one way to do that, to, to kind of share the burden is to co-own a team. And it, it is a lot of fun, especially during the startup. So Trey and I are, are, are co-owning a team now. You and I co-own a team. We're going to co-own another team. Um, I, are I think we? Yes, we. Oh, yes, we are. We're gonna do it. We're gonna find a uh, two tight end league that we're gonna join, and it's gonna be a blast because when you're drafting, you're on the clock, you're communicating with each other. It's just fun, and you learn a lot uh, about about dynasty and, and and get other fresh perspectives. And like, I learned so much in, in these leagues where I co-own with other owners. So I think that's something our listeners should consider co-owning a team because it's. Um, it allows you to really join more leagues because you're sharing some of that workload in terms of setting lineups and, and also fees for, for leagues, right? We, um, you know, we don't have unlimited bank accounts, most of us. So um, that way you can kind of, kind of spread, spread your, uh, your, your, your money and, and, and join more leagues. And then, you know, so I, it's fun. So I would encourage co-owning. It's a great experience. So, so check that out, do that. Co-own teams. Well, okay, what's, what, uh, set us home, man. Yeah, final thought is we are in a very stressful time uh, in, in the, the states here and I think like globally. And one thing I've noticed is general attitudes towards other people, whether it comes to shouting at somebody else, bumping in line. My wife's experienced people like jumping in front of her to grab some sort of grocery item. Uh, 
everybody out there, like we're all in this together. We're all, you know, this is something that we're all gonna have to get through this pandemic. It's not, this isn't over uh, yet, I would say by any means, but at your core, regardless of how frustrated you are, uh, know that there is somebody that you could either have an action or an attitude towards that if you just change that around and you're more positive towards them, that could really affect their day in a great way. And, and keep us all together as a community and as a, as a country and just to be as good as, pe- as good as person as possible during these times of hardship. It's hard when you're at home all the time. Working from home has its benefits, but sometimes it's isolating and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to keep mentally you know, the, on, a, on a mental high all the time and to not, not take that out with you into the world. The world is a hard enough place as it is, as we've seen from multiple cities and multiple places. So be positive, love life. We live a great life. We're, t- we're here talking about fantasy sports, and I hope you're doing well. And if uh, you ever need anything or need anybody to reach out to, hit us up. That's well said. That's a good way to close the show, Will. More positivity. We need it. That's for sure. So with that, uh, you know, this is the Fantasy Joes podcast. You can find us on Twitter. We're at FFJoes. You can support us on Patreon. Check out the Patreon show. We release it pretty much every other week. That's patreon.com slash fantasyjoes. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Just oozing with upside. <laughs> Please don't do that again. Okay. <laughs> this is it. Last show you did that. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Kevin Coleman. Mm, 15th round. This is not sharing here. positivity, Well, This is just sharing. <laughs> What's oozing with upside? <laughs> and. You know, sensuality, right? You want to, you, you gotta live mm-hmm. a life full of, yeah, you know, emotions yeah. on the positive side. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm sorry, listeners. We'll catch you next mm-hmm. time. <laughs>